A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps to detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm delighted to be joined by an absolute top guest, top goalkeeper, currently Norwich and Scotland, number one, Angus Gunn. Welcome, mate. Obviously went off to a flying start and, you know, beat... Cyprus, Omen and Spain. Uh, have they managed to get you on Buckfast or at Mad Dog yet? You came through all the ranks of England, youth team, and you even got a call up to the first team. It's an absolute honour to play for Scotland, and um, you know, I'm you know, glad that the fans have sort of welcomed me. But obviously, your, your dad's Brian Gunn, an absolute legend of the game. Bring his gloves next time. He's going to be a goalkeeper. Uh, obviously, signing for Man City at 15, I've got it in my notes for £250,000 at that time. But things happen and you know, I end up signing at Southampton, so really strong debut at Stamford Bridge, um, you know, which was another unbelievable feeling getting my Premier League debut. Got the loan deal done with maybe five minutes to go no way, deadline yeah. day, so that was my first experience of deadline day. That's class, though, that. Um, uh, what does a goalkeeper's union mean to you? Hello everyone and welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Today I am honoured and uh, I'm delighted to be joined by an absolute top guest, top goalkeeper, currently Norwich and Scotland number one, Angus Gunn. Welcome, mate. Nice to be here. Mate, thanks, thanks for, for coming me. in. Thanks for the effort coming in from Norwich, mate. No, no yeah. easy journey. No, nice little day off, so uh, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Obviously I've, I've prized you away from your home and that, but uh, yeah, like I said, delighted to have you in. Obviously playing for Scotland and that, and playing for Norwich at the moment, uh, massive family ties to the the club and that which we'll get on to but uh massive congratulations on scotland qualifying for euro 20 uh 24 yeah no thank you it's uh yeah i've said it to a few people it's just been a bit of a whirlwind couple of months um i think it was march my first camp um and then yeah ever since then um obviously went off to a flying start and we, you know beat beat cyprus at omen in spain Spain game at Hamden Park was was pretty special, and um, yeah, ever, ever since that we've been riding the wave, and uh, yeah, we were sort of happy to get over the line when uh, when Norway didn't win the other night, and um, yeah, no, I think you know we had a few uh, celebrated drinks in uh, Glasgow on that night, and um, yeah, no, just really looking forward to the summer now. One thing I always think when I watch Scotland play, and obviously what you see after, it's just a team spirit just looks ridiculous. Yeah, no, I've said it many times, like. Obviously, I came in um, as as a bit of an outsider, and um, I think you know. I think after the first camp, I was I was you know at home, and the lads welcomed me so well. I think it helped me knowing quite a few of the lads already. Um, and yeah, I think obviously results and winning games helps that as well. So uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a really uh, close knit group, and um, you know, I'd liken it to a family really at the moment. Um, and you know, hopefully, um, you know, we can. Uh, go to the Euros in, in the summer and, um, you know, have a good time. Yeah, exactly. As long as you give a good account of yourself. and But you've you've got such a good, talented, young squad as well. Even yeah. even yourself as a goalkeeper, you're still very young. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, it's actually a Scotland squad that you actually think, yeah, could go on and do something quite special. Obviously, getting there is the hardest part and mm. you've managed to achieve that, so you may as well go and have a free hit. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, you know, 
people have seen in the games that we've we've played that you know we've got a lot of quality. Um, even in the games that we've lost, you know, in the um, in the sort of friendlies recently, you know, we've we've made a good account of ourselves. Um, obviously, fell up short against sort of England and France, but um, you know, we caused those teams teams problems. So I think if we can do that, and you know, sometimes you need a bit of luck as well in in games like that against big teams. And uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, see how far we can get. Uh, have they managed to get you on Buckfast or Mad Dog yet? No, nothing yet. I think to be fair, even strictly tenants. Yeah, no, yeah. To be fair, I'm I'm not really a, a massive drinker. I think, um, but yeah, no. I think you know all the lads. We we had a good time when we uh, qualified, and um, yeah, no. Uh, probably probably when we're celebrating after the summer, we'll uh, have a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. As we were speaking off air, you obviously came through all the ranks of England youth team, and you even got a call up to the first team. Uh, how different is it, and, and how honoured were you to actually go and represent Scotland? Obviously, with your your old man playing for them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's something that was talked about quite a lot, and uh, you know, for me, it was it wasn't really much of a big deal to be honest. Um, obviously, you know, I grew up in England, was born here, and everything like that. But at the same time, obviously, I knew my, my dad's played for Scotland six times, so um, you know, I I always supported both teams um, when I was growing up. Um, obviously, had a you know unbelievable opportunity and chance to uh, represent England from a young age which I really enjoyed and um, you know sort of gave me a platform in my career as well to sort of go on to what I've achieved so um, I will always be thankful for them but at the same time I think at the stage in my career I was at um, obviously started playing regularly at Norwich um, had a conversation with the manager and you know I jumped at it straight away so uh, yeah. yeah no it's, it's, it's an absolute honour to play for Scotland and um you know, I'm you know glad that the fans have sort of welcomed me. Uh, obviously, results help as well, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, you know go on and have many more enjoyable years. Yeah, no, definitely. Right, I want to talk about your dad a little bit as well. <laughs> so obviously, your dad's Brian Gunn, an absolute legend of the game. But like, especially at Norwich, gone on to achieve pretty much everything at Norwich and played hundreds of games. And end up managing them as a caretaker, and that uh, it's one of the clubs that you came through at. Yeah. Uh, there's massive family ties, like I said. Uh, is it hard with everybody knowing your dad so well to the pressure that's on you to have came through that system? Um, I think maybe when I was younger, it was it was a bit harder. Um, but I think as I've grown up, obviously I had a period where I was away and came back. But um, as I've grown up, I've learned to sort of deal with it pretty easily. And um, yeah, when I was younger, it probably probably was you know quite hard because obviously. You know, I was in the academy there and, you know, you, you always sort of think people um, think you're there for, you know, different reasons. But, um, you know, I think from a young age, obviously, I was always, you know, quite talented. So I think I always used to like doing my talking on the pitch. So, uh, you know, I, as I grew up, I've sort of dealt with it pretty easily. And, um, yeah, no, now it's it's something that I sort of relish and, um, you know, welcome. And I think it gives me even more sort of support from the from the fans now as well. Yeah, obviously, uh, a lot of people from the outside, especially, will say, oh, because your dad's a uh, player there, a coach there, uh, that their son has a natural right of path. But, like, it's never that case. You have to be good enough to play and, yeah. and you have to earn your stripes. And you clearly did that. And obviously, we'll get on to, like, your move to, to Man City at such a young age. But is it sometimes a bit clouded because of, like, your dad working for the club? Um, potentially, but I think... Um, sort of at when when I sort of started sort of getting into sort of England squads and stuff like that when I was younger, I think that's when people sort of realised that you know I'm you know here on my own merit and um, you know I'm you know pretty decent goalkeeper. So uh, yeah, no, I think You're underselling yourself <laughs> massively. <laughs> so no, yeah, no, it, it was a, it was a weird sort of situation, but um, like I said, I grew up with it pretty much my whole life. Yeah. So. Uh, I learned to deal with it pretty easily, Normal. to be honest. Yeah. He's just dad, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I've got a couple of quick fire questions, right? Yeah. Uh, just to smash into. Catch or parry? Catch. Favourite goalie kit colour? Um, black. Everyone says black. black it's yeah. really popular. Yeah. Right, play out from the back or kick it long? Yeah, play out from the back. Right. Favourite ever goalkeeper? Peter Chuck. Yeah? Yeah, Peter Chuck. Oh, yeah, you'd have came through at that era at yeah, Chelsea. No. Yeah, yeah when, he, when he first came and... Um, yeah, There's a lot of boot and glove combo. Was it his lotto boot and glove combo? Mm, Remember that? I'm not sure. Is that? It's just more of like just 
just how good he was. I yeah, think. he was yeah. class. I mean, obviously he started winning everything. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He had an unbelievable top-hand save in every game yeah. somehow. Yeah, no, he's, I just remember him just being out of this world. Yeah. Uh, right, match of the day or Sky Sports News? Match of the day. Classic. How tall are you? Six foot five. Yeah, right. Who's the best goalie in the world right now? Say Edison. Yeah. Yeah. Just got a bit of everything. Yeah. I think, yeah, obviously, the way Man City play, I think, uh, suits him unbelievably well. So, I think, um, yeah, him and Alisson, I think, are the t- probably the top two. Two. Yeah. Way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. yeah I agree. Uh, right. Head tennis or two touch? Both, but if I had to pick head tennis. <laughs> right, and then last one. Head, two touch, yeah. No, head tennis. Oh, head tennis, yeah. yeah it's competitive, I like them both, it? but yeah. Yeah. Right, and then last one is uh, last minute of a game. You can either save a penalty to win the game or go up and score a goal. Score a goal. Yes, yeah. finally. <laughs> Only goal, proper goalies say score. You yeah. need to score a goal at some yeah, point. Yeah, to be fair, not every game, but quite a lot of games like Maybe the night before going to the game, I always dream of it or think of it in my head. Yeah. Just just imagine it. There's certain points in games, you know, when you're drawing or you're mm. losing, you're like, I know I can go up here. I yeah. can be effective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is a, a big dream of mine that, yeah. that I'd score a goal. I mean, I'd take anything. I'd take a <laughs> kick in the wind. I just want to, I don't know what I'd do, though. Mm. Do you reckon you've got a cellar you'd go to? Nah, I'd just probably jump into the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Take the go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I know now I normally kick this off with uh, how you got into goalkeeping. So obviously uh, probably tie into speaking about your dad. But do you remember the first time you ever thought, yeah, you know what, I'm going to be a goalie? Um, well, when I was younger, I used to like prefer playing upfield. Yep. Um, same, everyone yeah, does. Mo- yeah, it's the same with most people. And um, I think I was, you know, seven or eight, probably eight, um, trialling for Norwich outfield. Um and, you know, in the trials, it was basically just playing sort of eight aside uh, once a week uh, at the training ground. And obviously they just look to see they want to sign you. And uh, I think it was, you know, coming towards the end of the year when they was going to choose who was going to sort of join the academy um, at under nines. And then I think the, the keeper got injured and uh, I think I was probably hiding a little bit. But <laughs> someone obviously turned around and said, like, you go and go. And I was like, right, OK. Um and yeah, ended up doing well. And then the the coach came over to um, me and mum. I think it was my mum after the training session and said that bring his gloves next time and he's going to be a goalkeeper. Yeah, didn't have any say in it. it just got nah, checked. didn't have a say. Kind of got forced into it. Um, and yeah, then I I think a couple of months later I was signed uh, for the academy under nine. So yeah. um, that was how it happened, really. See that journey home. Obviously, after like being told that, mm. did you think? I don't want to do that. Or did you think, oh, I'm going to go home and tell Dad that I'm now a goalie? Um, I think, yeah, because I was so young, I was just like, yeah, like, go for it. Why not? Yeah. Um, but apparently my mum was very reluctant to sort of <laughs> let it happen. Yeah, and obviously dealing with my dad for however long throughout his career. Highs and lows and um, a lot more lows. Yeah, so uh, she was, I don't think she was very happy at the start. Um, but yeah, no, I think after I went in and started... Um, started enjoying it and yeah after that didn't really look back yeah obviously like at such a young age to to, to almost get thrust into it yeah. is daunting and you considering you're not played with your mates mm. sunday league you've just gone straight into yeah. an academy but then you've gone on to work the whole way through is actually a hell of an achievement mm. yeah and no, i think obviously i used to you know mess about with the with my mates and that playing in goal but i never really enjoyed it sort of even i think up to about 14 15 at school I used to like still want to play outfield um because that was like the only chance I'd probably get yep um so I'd always sort of try and play for my school team outfield and uh, stuff like that um but yeah no I think at that age you just sort of if if someone tells you that that's where they want you to play I was, I was like yeah go on like might as well did you see uh Norwich then obviously I, I don't know if this relates to you but mm-hmm. I did right so I would I was at Arsenal Academy for yeah, nine yeah. years old, but like that was work. And then so I'd play for my school, yeah. my borough, my county, but outfield. Yeah. So like that was like me just having fun, yeah, yeah, like yeah. enjoying football. Mm. And then every time I turned up for training for Arsenal, I was got I was like there to work. Yeah. I was there to learn. I was yeah. there to get better. It was like it was school for me. Mm. And like the games were the same. But I used to have like my own release in other teams away. Yeah. 
and just thought about it totally different. Yeah, and no, I think yeah, it sounds pretty similar. I think I used to sort of get my enjoy more enjoyment out of you know playing with my mates and um, in the school team, and then like I said, when I went to the academy and um, sort of trained every a uh, couple times a week, I think it was when I was younger. Um, that was when there was a bit more pressure and like, you had to really focus. So, uh, so yeah, no, um, yeah, sounds very similar. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, well, sounds similar until you get to 15 and Man City put a bid in for you. Uh, obviously, signing for Man City at 15, I've got it in my notes for £250,000 at that time. It's obviously, it's a, it's a lot of money, but it's the, it's the move that goes with it. Uh, obviously, you move in house uh, from being in, settled at, yeah. in Norwich. So then going, right, you're going to be put in... Was you in digs or did you move? No. Did your family move? Because I was uh, obviously still a schoolboy. Um, what happened was my dad um, got a job up in Manchester um, with with my agency. Um, and I had, that's why I had to leave because uh, I was relocating with my family. So, uh, yeah, no, obviously it went to a tribunal or whatever and, um, you know, the clubs worked it out. Um, but, yeah, no, moved up my family, which I think helped me. Yep. Um, settling a lot easier and um, yeah no it was it was one of them things that was obviously coming from Norwich um, it's not really I wouldn't say sort of the, the busiest place or sort of I do I wasn't really used to sort of the big cities or anything like that so uh, yeah moving to somewhere like that was um, pretty daunting and um, you know a little bit scary but I think yeah ever since I've you know I moved there I was I was you know never looking back and uh Obviously, with what was happening at the club at the time, with the takeover and everything like that, because that was um, right at that point. Of yeah, Man it was. City. Yeah, it was pretty much at the start. Yep. Um, and I think like before I was signing, they were showing me all the plans for the training ground and um, you know obviously the the stadium development and stuff like that. So uh, um, you know that was a big pull, and um, obviously I knew there'd be a lot of talent coming through the door as well to sort of compete with. So. Um, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me at that age, really. Did you did it find uh, did you find that you upped your levels when you moved to City? Like, obviously, you get used to being in uh, mm. a small bubble in Norwich, and obviously the the pressure and the expectation level. But you you get a move like that to a club that's on the up. Mm. It does is that difficult, or is it you thrived off it? Yeah, no, I think I thrived off it. I think obviously I, from sort of going away international teams, um, it was probably quite similar to that sort of the stand the standard. Um, obviously it always gets lifted um, when you go away with that, that kind of um, level of team so um, and I think when I first went as well I trained a lot with the youth team um, which obviously was another step up as well um, so yeah no I f felt like I thrived off it I think at times like any sort of youngster you always find things hard especially when you're sort of getting pushed to your limit um, you know against players that are older than you but um I think that that really helped me, and um, if anything, pushed me on to uh, you know try even harder. Yeah, I remember watching some of your international games when you was young, and I was thinking, "Cool, I got a top goalie on, like coming out here," and like, but then like when you trace it back, that obviously it, a lot of uh, I'm going to say your old man again, but like you, you're tight in, and the move that you got, it, it was no surprise really. So like you obviously being at Man City at that time and pushing yourself, but mm. then going back to your own age group with the international scene you must have found it a lot easier almost mm. and that's probably why you thrive so much on that scene yeah no I think um, I think always from a young age I always always got pushed to and I enjoyed playing sort of upper, up an age group or a couple of age groups um, and I think that always helps um, sort of getting used to that sort of level um, the expectation the standard um, and I think you know even if sometimes you might find it hard um, like you said, like when, when you go back down to your own age group, you know, people then look at you like, you know, wow, like you know, this level, like his standard is unbelievable. Yeah. But um, I think that was because I was getting pushed so much, um, and you don't really think about it at the time. Sometimes you think, oh, this is probably a little bit too hard or um, whatever. But I think, yeah, once once you sort of realise it's for a reason and. Um, yeah, no, it's gonna make you better. Then I think, yeah, I just used to always, always enjoy getting pushed. Yeah. Who, who were the first team goalies at City at the time? Um, when I first went, I think it was. I'm pretty well. Obviously, Joe, Joe Hart was there. Um, I think that's. Um, definitely, Shay Given was there at the time. Um, I think it was at the period where they sort of 
there was a few injuries. Um, I think it was just before when Joe sort of started, sort of you know getting into the team and having that unbelievable period yeah. that he did. Um, so yeah, no, I was sort of there for that period and sort of watched it from close. So uh, yeah, no, I think um, at the start, obviously, I was quite young, so it was more with the academy. Yeah, um, and then like the older I got, the more opportunities I got to train with sort of him and um, Richard Wright. Yeah. Um, Who's there as well? Uh, Pantillimon. Yeah, uh, seven-foot Costel Pantillimon. Um, and uh, yeah, no, those kind of experiences were, you know, brilliant. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, it must have been amazing. And as you say, and like you, your development was mm. continuing, and the more that you start to train with them and picking their brains, mm. and someone like Joe, even the same age as me, I look up to him yeah. of what he achieved and how he performed at that level yeah. for so long. Yeah. Uh, so it's like for you to see them day to day and pick up traits of total different goalkeepers. You're a tall goalie yeah. yourself, so even seeing Pantomila and yeah, like yeah. making saves that you would have went, oh, I tell you what, I can take some of that. Yeah. That, but then there have been other things you went, absolutely not for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, you know, being able to sort of go up close and train with someone like Joe was, was unbelievable. And I think, um, you know, his sort of enthusiasm and his, you know, love love for goalkeeping definitely, you know, can't not rub off on you. And, uh, um, you know, he's definitely someone that I always looked up to before, but, you know, since working with him, you know, even more so. Yeah, class. Uh, and then obviously, as you start to get to that point and you're doing well international-wise... Yeah, they must have reached a point where you're like, where's my development? Where's that next step? And obviously yours was to go out on loan. Uh, most people go on loan, National League, and they'll work their way through. You went straight into Norwich, didn't you? Yeah, no, I think at the time, like the year or even a couple of years before that, I was always trying to push for a loan, um, you know, sort of League One, trying, you know, even if it was sort of just an emergency one, just to get a few games. But um they never really sort of let me do it. And at the time, it was just when the sort of Youth Champions League started. Um, so th they were actually, you know, the, those kind of standards of games were probably um, similar level, if not even even harder than sort of lower league. So, um, you know, I never really got the opportunity at a young, young age to go out, um, which, you know, probably would have been a good thing for me. But, um, yeah, no, at the same time... Um, being at a club like Man City, it was just being around that kind of environment was was you know amazing. Um, and I think the year before I went out to Norwich was uh, Pep's first year at Man City. Yeah. Um, and he came in and um, said that he wanted me as number three there. Um, and yeah, for me that was a no-brainer. Like I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I'm staying here for the year. Yeah, yeah. Because um, sometimes got, it's hard to yeah. get out of the bigger clubs mm. because they yeah. hoard goalkeepers, don't they? Yeah. Because they use them for the shooting drills yeah. and extra training sessions, and the squads are mm. bigger, so you need more bodies and you yeah, need yeah. more goalies. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think at that age, I was I was you know obviously more than willing to to be that and you know go you know just be in that environment really. Um, you know, with those type of players, and then I think I realised towards the end of that season that um, you know now's my time that I need to sort of go and play. And uh, um, obviously, I you know spoke to them about that, and they were happy. And um, you know, we managed to find or had a, had a couple of options, but um, obviously Norwich was there, and uh, yeah, that was another no-brainer. Yeah, perfect fit, really. Yeah. Obviously, you went on to to go on loan to Norwich, and you, yeah. you played. You was never present that season, playing every game. Like even that in itself, your first loan move, mm. and, and they, even if you you were having tricky periods, they just stuck with you. Like that sort of grounding that that would have given you in that first year of playing competitive yeah. football. Like that's obviously where you get your drive from a little bit now, and yeah. you know that 
oh, you just want to get out there and play games, don't yeah. you? Yeah, no, I think um, at that time I think I signed and then I think um, the week or a couple of weeks after I signed, um, that's when they brought Fark in as the manager. Um, so they didn't actually have a manager at the time when I signed, um, but it was, you know, Stuart Webber just went there, um, you know, wanted to bring me in. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, that season it was probably a more of a transitional one for the club, but um, obviously for me as a young keeper, um, you know, and, and the manager was brilliant with me and, um, you know, he gave me that co confidence, um, like you said, the trust that he had in me, played every league game and, um, yeah, no, ever since then I've always sort of made that a target minor, every every club sort of before the season that I want to try and play every league game. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, things happen, injuries happen, but I think it, you set that target and, you know, hopefully that will just push you on to sort of, you know, try and stay in the team wherever you are. Um, but, yeah, no, he was great for me. And, um, yeah, that first loan was, was, even if it wasn't perfect, it was, you know, really, really special for me, I think. Yeah, class, like, what a, a level to go and learn mm. your trade at as well. Like, yeah. You're not dropping down leagues and getting beaten up every game. You're actually yeah. going out playing proper competitive football that, from a, a really high standard. Mm. And obviously, that, that the benefits in that you can see it now mm. in, in how you play and yeah. you, you handle the pressure of. It's, it's like you thrive off that bit more. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's one of them where you sort of get thrown into it, and um, you know you sort of either sort of crumble or you, you know take it on. And I think I, I don't think I've ever sort of had that feeling um, on a football pitch um, since my first like, um, league game when I was, I think it was at Craven Cottage, Fulham away. Um, you know, that feeling that I had before the game and like when the game kicked off, like, I've never had that sort of rush uh, in my body uh, on a football pitch, you know, again, really. Um, so, yeah, no, that was a special moment and um, just thought, you know, that just gave me the confidence to sort of kick on from there, really, yeah. See, at the, the end of that season, then, play, being an ever-present in the league, where, where's your mind at? Are you thinking, right, do I go back to City now? Yeah. Do I push to try and play? Do I try and get myself another loan mm. move? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's one of them that you always look back on and always question yourself. Did you make the right decision? Or, um, you know, were you a little bit too, you know, greedy to, to, to leave? But um, I... I always I made my mind up pretty early. I didn't want to go back to City and just sort of be there, sort of number three or, um, you know, maybe even number two. I don't know, but um, you know, I made my mind up pretty early, and um, yeah, no, I think there was a few clubs that came in, and um, you know, looking back, maybe it would have been better to get another loan, um, and sort of, you know, get that sort of like I had in that year at Norwich, um, game time in um, the whole season. Um, and you know f what uh, things happened, and you know I ended up signing at Southampton. So I think you know at, at that time it felt like the right decision, and um, you know I don't regret it now. Um, you know I really enjoyed my time there, and uh, yeah, no, it was it was you know a crazy time in my life really. Yeah, Southampton's always had a, a really good de uh, depth of goalkeepers, and even when you were there, there were some really top yeah. goalkeepers that you're working with and competing against, like. That's a total different scenario from the year before where yeah. you as an established number one to yeah. then having to fight day in, day out for your, your spot. Mm. Was that like, I, I know that it's enjoyable at times, mm. but it's also when you go home and reflect, it's a lot harder. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that few years in my life was um, like an interesting one. It's probably, when I was there was probably the, the time where I learned, you know, most about myself and um, sort of what it really is like sort of in the football world really um so yeah no I you know at the time I probably you know didn't deal with it great but looking back it probably helped me sort of to get where I am now um and uh yeah like you said the like the quality of keepers that were there at the time it it pushed me even more to work harder in training and um you know I, you know at times I had sort of spells there where I got into the team and you know, done pretty well and, um, you know, it just never really sort of materialised long term and didn't really click, um, which, you know, for whatever reason happened and, you know, but at the same time, I really enjoyed, the, you know, my time at the club. That's what I mean. See, like the, the season before at Norwich where you're, you're an ever-present, that's because you know that you're, you're playing yeah. week in, week out. You can probably play with more freedom. Yeah. yeah. You can go out and enjoy it more and express yourself a bit more. Yeah. Where, like, the season after, like, you feel like, 
the caliber of goalkeepers that are around and no disrespect to the ones that were at Norwich but like the ones that are at Southampton you're going if I make one mistake here yeah. I'm not going to play for the next four or five games and I've got to like try and build my way back into a team and, yeah. or wait for an opportunity it's, it's such goalkeeping like that is so hard yeah. because the mindset you have to change depending on different managers yeah. different clubs different goalkeepers that you're playing with like the competition is so hard that people don't understand what what, what goes on behind yeah. the scenes mentally for us all. yeah no 100% and I think to be fair, for me at that time, I, I knew I wasn't going in to be number one. I knew I was going in to challenge um, Alex McCarthy at the time, who was playing. Um, so from my point of view, it was you know, an opportunity to push um, at a Premier League club. Um, and I think halfway through the season, the ch we changed managers from you know, Mark Hughes to Hassan Hutel, who um, came in and you know we were in a difficult position. And uh, um, I think that maybe put back my chance a little bit because the manager changed and obviously he needed a chance to look at the players that were playing. Um, but yeah, no, I think it was around Christmas, New Year time when I got an opportunity um, in the Premier League and, um, you know, I had a really, really strong debut at Stamford Bridge, um, you know, which was another unbelievable feeling getting my Premier League debut. And uh, I think, I think, I didn't play straight away after that. I think it was maybe a month or two months down the line where I came back into the team. Um, and then sort of we the team picked up results and it was just sort of on a roll really. And, um, you know, getting thrown into sort of a relegation battle like that. I didn't, looking back, I didn't really think about, I didn't really feel too much pressure. I just f sort of thought, you know, I'm playing the Premier League here. I just got to enjoy it. And uh, yeah, no, we managed to stay up, and um, you know that was that was a good end to the season that, that year. Yeah, but being in a relegation battle mm. compared to a, in a promotion fight is such a different feeling. And mm. in the dressing room, the mentality that yeah, like it, it's a, a whole different learning experience for especially yeah. for a goalie. Like the way that you end up playing when you're in a relegation yeah. battle, and you go ultra safe because you can't make mistakes because it could cost you three yeah. points, and it, it changes the way that you play naturally mm. as a goalkeeper. I've, I've thrived off it sometimes mm. when you're like, that siege mentality of like, yeah. can't get beat today, can't, yeah, yeah. can't, can't concede because we will lose. Yeah, no. I'd, so I think, because I was obviously so young, I'd, I think at that age, I didn't really think about it too much. I think maybe if, if I was in that situation now, maybe, you know, I'd, I'd probably be, you know, more worried, like thinking like that. But I think at that age, I was just buzzing to be playing in the Premier League. Um, so I think that probably helped me at that at that time, yeah. Yeah, no, class, right. Uh, before, let's just uh, go on to Stoke and uh, yeah. moving back to Norwich. So you had, you had a brief loan spell at uh, Stoke to go and get some games again. Yeah. Uh, what did you find it like? Um, it was a weird one because I think it was in the middle of the COVID sort of period. It's a strange um, period for everyone yeah. in football. Yeah, no, so um, I think it was time at Southampton where it, they made it or made it clear that I wasn't sort of going to be involved. I think Fraser just came back from Celtic. Um, so he was he was on the bench. I wasn't even on the bench at that time. Um, and then because it was the COVID year, the transfer window didn't close till October or something yeah. like that. And um, yeah, no, I think a few things happened. Uh, I think, you know, Jack Butler moved from Stoke to Palace on deadline day. Um, and they obviously wanted to bring a keeper in. Um, and I think got the loan deal done with maybe five minutes to go. No way, deadline yeah. day. So that was my first experience of deadline day. That's class. Though, that. um, but I think because it was a loan move, I could do everything from um, the training ground in Southampton. Yeah. So it wasn't one of them was rushing about and things like that. Um, so yeah, no, that was that was a crazy period. And um, yeah, no, I think so I, you, yeah. Just on. on that, right behind the scenes, mm. it's carnage, isn't it? Mm those sort of like deadline day moves yeah. and like you're waiting for it to get announced you're not sure, but you're you're doing all the press stuff aren't you you're doing mm. like the the media interviews mm. and like you've signed all the contracts but you're just waiting for that mm. approval well you know i think at that on that day I, I didn't even i was sat in the southampton um secretary's office at five to midnight or, or whatever it was the deadline um so i didn't even meet anyone from stoke or i spoke to the manager a couple of times on the phone um, that was it and you know obviously I signed on the deadline day and I think the next day I was up there and going into training oh right yeah it's like a quarter of the way through the season already yeah um, so yeah no that was that was a weird one and um, I think they had a good start to the season that year um, uh, Adam Adam Davies was playing yeah 
um, at the start of the season. They had a good start, and I think even in the cup they beat a couple of Premier League teams, um, and he was, he was doing really well. Um, so even, I went in there and you know didn't start straight away, um, and then I think you know a couple of weeks in I think he ended up getting injured away at Swansea. Uh, had to come on on at half time. Which that's a horrible was, feeling. That was, I think that, that's my only time I've ever had to come on in a game. Horrible, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, no, it didn't really go well to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, see, I've I've come on a few times mm. now. I came on last year at half time. Yeah. Uh, and honest, I've never felt so jelly legged in my yeah. life because you don't warm up as a goalie on a bench. Yeah. And like you, you don't get a warm up. Like before the game, you might do a little bit of shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't do any crossing. You're not doing like you're doing half as much handling yeah. because it's all about the keeper at start. Yeah, exactly. So when you come on, you ain't ready. Nah, no. And chance. even like your mentality, you've you've like the night before you've had a, a mm. comfortable night in an yeah. hotel or at home, and it's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I hope it never happens again. But um, yeah, no. Obviously that happened and came on and you know didn't didn't ha- like go very well. We lost the game or whatever. Um, so I was like, oh no, but. Obviously, he was injured, so I was, you know, you know, in the team now. And then I think, the, you know, the next sort of few months, you know, done really well. Um, I think we got sort of three or four clean sheets on the bounce. Um, went into a international break, obviously on a high, um, you know, feeling really confident. And I think it was in that international break. Um, I think it, you know, obviously you're in training with, you know, the lads that haven't gone away. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I was just done my ankle in training uh syndesmosis um and you know obviously at you know at that time i think they said it was like three months maybe four um but just before christmas and you know i think that that obviously didn't help um the move and things like that and obviously it was covid and yeah no i think after after that injury it just sort of um Things didn't really, you know, feel right there, and yeah. and obviously I didn't. Uh, I think I only played four or five games before got that injury, and then I think I came back, played a few games before the end of the season. Um, you know, didn't really feel fit or whatever, um, and I think I was actually supposed to stay there another year because they they made it a two year loan. Um, but I think you know after the way it sort of went that year and how it ended. Um, you know, I, I didn't really feel like I, you know, wanted to stay there, yep. and um, you know, we managed to um, stop that, and then went back to Southampton. And you know, in my head, I was, you know, going back there to give it another go and yep. to try and get back in the team. Yeah, obviously, like that—that's hard in itself. Mm. You know, like when you a club loaned you out to, mm. to get you games, and then you go back after not playing yeah. and, and an injury. See, like. I, I, I'm big on like uh, goalkeepers mentally where we have mm. strong characters mm. but obviously when you get setbacks and that's yeah, hard yeah. to like reset a lot of the yeah. time so like you go back and you think right I'm going to give this a good go but if, 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 if it don't work out the first game mm. and like people go oh, he's not he's exactly the same or he's different yeah, or, yeah. and like that's hard to re-improve yourself uh, re-prove yourself out of the same club almost uh, so it must have been you know like when Norwich came back around again, you must have just went, look, I'm going to go and play. I'm going to go and enjoy my football. Yeah. And like, obviously that's where you are now and it's benefiting yourself yeah. with Scotland and stuff. Is that yeah. just a natural thing that as soon as it came about again to rejoin? Yeah, no, I think obviously I went back to Southampton and, um, you know, I think when I had the injury at Stoke, something kind of changed in me a little bit. And, um, you know, I sort of, that was probably the time where I worked the hardest I've worked before in the gym. Obviously, when you're injured, you can't really do anything. So, um, yeah, at that stage, like I then, you know, started doing more stuff in the gym. Had had that mentality, and then sort of realised that, you know, some something something clicked in my head anyway. And I I went back to Southampton, and you know, I didn't really care what what happened. I just knew that I was I was in a good place, like yeah. mentally, and like. Um, you know, I just wanted to attack it, and you know, I think, I think I went and seen the manager and said, I, you know, I want to come back here and you know try and get back in the team. And uh, the first thing he said to me was like, you know, I don't see that. Um, you know, I think not even giving you a fair cracker. No, yeah, I think before I even probably trained, I think it was, and he was like, I don't see that. Uh, I think you should go out on loan again and try and prove yourself or whatever. 
Um, so then after that, I was like, well, like, um, obviously, it's like he's, you know, doesn't want me here, not really having me. Um, and there wasn't really too much sort of happening in the transfer window. And then I think a week or two after that, my agent rang me and said, um, you know, what do you think about going back to Norwich? Um, you know, obviously, I think it was the year they got promoted, so they were Premier League again. Um, and obviously, Tim Tim was there playing and got promoted again. So I knew I was going there sort of as number two um, to try and push him and get in the team. But obviously, the manager that was was there when I went on loan was uh, was still there, and he was you know the one that wanted me, and I got on with him very well. So um, you know, in my head at that time, I felt like. I want to go somewhere that that you know want me for who I am. They yep. respect me. Obviously, I know them quite well. Um, and it would seem like a good fit at the time. So, um, so yeah, no. When it came about, you know, jumped at it straight away. Really. Yeah, uh, and obviously you're, you're happy there and you're settled now. Mm. Like, do you feel like that reflects in your football? Yeah, no. I think definitely. I think whenever you know people are you know, players are happy, I think you always get the best out of them. Um, and yeah, like you said, like obviously I had to buy my time a little bit, but um, you know I think you know at that time, obviously learning from someone like Tim, who was you know doing really well, but obviously I knew you know at that stage of his career that um, you know there'd be opportunities, obviously you know maybe injuries or yeah. whatever. Um, so I I knew I just had to be patient, and um, I think obviously I think that was that was the year the manager uh, left Norwich as well, so. Um, Dean Smith came in halfway through the year, um, and uh, you know I had to be patient again when when they changed the manager. But um, I managed to get I think it was six or seven games in that season uh, in the Premier League. Um, you know I'd done pretty well. Obviously we got releg relegated. Um, you know about the games I've done in, I've done well, and um, you know felt felt pretty confident. And um, and then we went back into the Championship. Um, and you know, I thought I was probably coming back in and you know tr being number one um, after the way I ended the season. And um, I think you know, it's obviously I think in preseason you never really know. Sometimes you can't gauge it. Sometimes can't gauge can it. You? And um, yeah, every we were other sort game. of playing half each and forty-five minute minutes each. And then I think it came to um, you know the first game I wasn't playing again. I was like, oh. Like it was a, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. So um, yeah, no, I think at that time I had to stay patient. Um, obviously, it, I don't think it's it did, we started really well that year actually, um, but then I think it got to a sort of um, middle of the season just before Christmas and we had a big dip, um, and then managed to get in the team, um, and then yeah, felt really good, you know done really well and um i think ever since then sort of you know played um played most of the games since then really yeah nice right uh i'm gonna get onto our quiz now yeah. just to break this up mm. right uh i've got a quiz called goalie or no goalie i don't know if you've seen it yeah no, i've seen it so yeah, yeah right so uh it's one point for each correct answer and i've got five international current goalkeepers you might have even played against some of them and then five other names uh from around the world yeah. normally i scroll through your social media <laughs> and find out who you're following mate it's a bit of stalking uh, yeah, so one point for each correct answer, right? Yeah. Get the scores out then. Do you think what's your knowledge like? Um, I it's think it's good, but you're probably going to prove it. Yeah, prove me wrong. This there. means absolutely nothing if your knowledge is good, mate. This is all guessing. Yeah. Right. Well, crack straight in. So number one, Stanislav Buknev. Sounds Bulgarian. I'm going to say keeper. He is a goalie, yeah. but it's Armenian. Oh, I'll take it. Very good guess, that. He plays for Puyanik. Yeah. Very good guess, that. See the names? So every yeah. name on this list will sound like they should play in goal. Really? Every name. Decent, that. Good start. Right, number two, Adrian. Right, let's get my pronunciations right. Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski. Adrian Wojnarowski. No, I don't think he's no, he is not a goalkeeper. He is a ESPN uh, NBA insider. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Really famous guy <laughs> in NBA. Right, good start. Great start. Right, number three, Ralph Sean. Ralph Sean. 
That sounds like he should be a keeper, but I, I don't think he is. No goalkeeper. He is a um, goalkeeper. He is the Luxembourg and Wiltz goalkeeper. Wrong. Sounds like a goalie because he is a goalie. Yeah. Guide. Yeah. Right, number four, Jack McDermott. I'm going to go no goalkeeper. He is not yeah. a goalie. He's actually a pie face, a YouTube streamer and Twitcher. He's really oh, famous yeah, in Plymouth. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah? He was on Big Brother as yeah, a I young puff yeah. as well. What a programme. I've not started watching a new Big Brother, actually. No, I've not. I've not programs <laughs> not where it used to be no. right number five Armando Iniucci it's got to be a goalkeeper yeah goalie yeah he is not a goalkeeper he is the co-creator for the famous Norwich show Alan Partridge really yeah oh he's actually the co-creator proper Norwich show that yeah not watched it nah no. <laughs> oh you'll get some stick off the Norwich fans there won't you oh well <laughs> <laughs> right, number six, Ujikan Kakir. Ujikan Kakir. Goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper. Yeah. He's Turkey and Trabzon Spore goalkeeper. Really? My pronunciations today are decent. Yeah. Agurkan Kakir. Nice. Kakir. Right, Oliver Bowman. I don't know where I know this from. Goalkeeper. He is a goalie, yeah. yeah. He's a German fourth choice goalkeeper. Yeah, He's at yeah, Hoffenheim. Yeah, I've heard that name. Yeah. He was in the last squad with Germany. Right. But they've got such a good... Mm. <laughs> You're never going to play for Germany. No, no chance. To Stegen play. You've got Neuer. Yeah. Trap. Got some goalies, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Uh, right. Number eight is Aniban Lahiri. An Aniban. Aniban Lahiri. How's my pronunciation, Rob? What do you reckon? Not bad. Yeah, sound. Um, goalkeeper. He is not a goalkeeper. He's pro golfer on the Live Tour. He's actually in Bryson DeChambeau's team. No, I never do that. No. You, you follow his team, I think. That's where I got it from. You do follow I? the Live Golf and you I think you follow his team. I think it's uh, Crashers. Oh. That's where I got that from. I, went yeah. rogue and just went deep in the yeah, <laughs> no. I think I thought I've never seen him before no. uh, they won their last uh, live tournament I think yeah that's a good curveball that one I like that uh, one right number nine Abdul Nuruddin we're due a goalkeeper aren't we surely goalkeeper he is a goalie <laughs> he's Ghana and a European goalkeeper in Belgium nice yeah decent now right last one number ten Ford Kiernan No goalkeeper. He is not no. a goalie. Good way to finish that. He is the actor from Steel Game. Yeah. Scottish show. Yeah, Jack. No, yeah. Seen him. Yeah. I'm sure all the lads on, most of the Scottish lads will berate you if you hadn't got that one right. Yeah, no, to be fair, I'd never, uh, I'd never really seen it before yeah. I went away to Scotland, but since I've sort of been with the squad, I've, I've watched a lot of Yeah. Uh, honestly, I played in Scotland for five years yeah. and that's all the lads in the dressing room talked about. Yeah. Still game and Rabsy Nesbitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All they talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a class programme. Yeah. Right, well done, mate. Seven out of ten. Take that. Got to be happy with that. Yeah. It's good score in that, mate. Yeah. Very good. What's the record? Ten out of ten. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some bad ones, though. Some some have got fours out of ten. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, if you, if you just get goalie for everyone, you get Yeah, no, it's true. So it's a fair enough quiz. <laughs> some good trick names in there though. yeah right uh let's go on to some geeky goalkeeper stuff then right uh, so what gloves do you currently wear uh wearing the pumas at the moment i don't actually what, know what name they're what brand <laughs> what they are you know they're pumas pumas yeah uh how long have you been with puma um probably a couple years now yeah um yeah no i think it started off from just wearing their boots yeah um started wearing their boots um and then all of a sudden they started just sending me gloves with the boots so um just tried them out in training and yeah i, I was you know, love them straight away. So, yeah. um, did they send you all different cuts and that, or was it just like they no, sent, just you sent, out? Me, sent me these ones? I think um, it's odd to see someone they wearing make, negative palms. I yeah, love no, it. they make them sort of. I think they they used to make these specially for um, Pickford. Yep. Um, and then you know they started sending me them, and I thought, yeah, these are, these are nice. Um, so I'm not sure they actually release them like on sale. Yep. Because um, they changed like the the back of the the palm and stuff like. That. Um, 
so yeah, no, I, I, ever since I've started wearing them, I just they're so comfy and um, yeah, I just love them. Really. I, I was surprised that obviously uh, when you brought them in, yeah. but the latex is still in yeah. such good condition. Yeah, how, many, no. how many games and training sessions do you reckon you've worn them in? Um, what these ones here? Yeah, um, I'd probably say depends. Normally, I, I like to wear them in one training session than in a game. In a game yeah. Uh, and then it depends how the game goes. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, I don't care, yeah. So sometimes if I've had a clean sheet, I like and I normally stick with the same pair of gloves. Yeah. And um, depends on how long that run go, goes for. But um, yeah, I'll probably say that probably two or three games I'll get out of them. Yeah, yeah. mate, I've got a story about that. So at yeah. the start of this season, yeah. uh, obviously Fozzie started the season yeah. and then he retired. And then I got back in the team. And so, you know, like you go back to your old, that comfy pair. So yeah. I... I I found a pair of gloves from like three years ago, Celsius gloves, uh, and they're brand new. Yeah. So I put them on, wore them. So eight games in, we hadn't lost a game. I was like, these feel class. Yeah, like, yeah. I'd, I'd not get, uh, it was like during preseason, I played in them. I was class, I met the ninth game. Like, you know, when you're like, you're like ah, no, I'll go again. Yeah, we yeah. lost 5 0. Oh, I was no. like, they, they just went straight in the bin. Gloves fall, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't play after that, so I didn't need them anyway. Oh. Uh, what size gloves do you wear? Uh, 10. Yeah. I think actually I think they might be ten and a half. Yeah. Because they're quite a tight glove. Um and I I, I like them quite tight to be fair. Yeah, that's um, like the feel. So you say that you like them tight, but like the negative cut are normally yeah. a bit wider, aren't they, on yeah. the finger? Yeah, yeah. But is that just for comfort that you like them or Yeah, just for comfort and feel of the ball. Yep. Um I think when I was younger I used to wear glove like you know when you used to just wear gloves way too big for yeah. you. Or too thick the phone. Yeah, that. yeah, no. So I think nowadays like I like I like the feel of the ball and uh, but at the same time not not too flimsy at the back as well because my fingers are quite uh, delicate so oh, yeah. yeah no I've had quite a few uh, sort of injuries so do you, do you tape them up then yeah most of them yeah yep. not not every finger but um, oh. both my thumbs and you know um, I'm I'm a, I'm a massive advocate of taping your fingers yeah I, I tape up uh, little finger index finger and my right thumb yeah yeah no I think it's probably more of a habit now really. Yep. Um, like How weird is it when you don't do it though? Yeah, no, it feels weird. Some like I've, I've had it a few times, and um, you never really get out of your head yep. until like normally I just end up running in and doing it, even if you know I miss a bit of training. Yeah. Do you know I, I I like the feeling of it's the traction that the tape gives yeah. on the inside of your yeah, gloves. Yeah, yeah. I know some some Puma gloves have got the the nodules in, don't they? They're like the yeah, no, bits. them ones. I don't think those ones have it now. No, but so like, some gloves give yeah. you that when you. Yeah, I like yeah. that feeling of when the tape. It's like yeah, friction no. against the material. Like I said before, I like quite a tight glove, so um, even then that probably makes it even tighter. So. Yeah. yeah, no, I always tape most of my fingers out. Yeah, yeah just, are you uh, wrists as well? Just yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no. Just because I do both my thumbs, so... Yeah. Um, oh, it goes right yeah, around. Strap it, yeah, strap them around, my, around the wrist, just keep the thumb strapping in, yeah. really. Uh, how, uh, I get a load of questions, but how do you look after your gloves? Um, you don't, you just throw them away because you get a new pair of the <laughs> game. Nah, I actually put them in the wash. Yeah. Um, you told me this before yeah, it blew no, my yeah. mind yeah I well I used to like wash them in the showers yep. and uh, um, just do it like that but then I used to I used to get like reaction on my on my hands yep. I just used, fingertips used to blister yep. and I, that was absolute agony and ever since then I just put put them in the wash um, so do you give them to the kit man to put in the wash or do you take yeah. a moment and wash them no I give them to has the he got certain man. instructions like wash on a 30 no no not really no nah. but I think you know, kit, they always wash stuff like, yep. put it in for 20 minutes, wash it on a 30 anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, um, don't put they always, a radiator to dry. No, nah, they always come out pretty good, to be fair. Yeah. Put a lot um, of trust in your kit, man, though. Yeah. To be fair, sometimes they come out and they all, they're like all yellow. Yep. I don't know whether that's maybe because of the home kit or. It must be the, the way you wash the kit. Yeah, yeah, it must yeah. be. Um, but when it's a white glove, it always, you know, looks pretty bad. So I end up just chucking them away. Yep. So, um, but yeah, no, I think. I used to do them in a the shower and, you know, do them myself. But, um, yeah, no, I had to just sort of get them properly cleaned in the end. Yeah, you're quite a laid-back person anyway, yeah. so I can't imagine you being that stressed. If they do come out yellow or nah. ruined, you just go, oh, I'll just put a new pair yeah, on I'll, it. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just wear them in training and then yeah. just have a new pair for games. So, yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm, I'm pretty chilled about everything, really. Yeah. Uh, you got any superstitions then? Um, not really, no. I'm... I'm quite laid back, but at the same time, I'm quite OCD about my time. Yep. Um, so I don't really like getting to stadiums late. Like, you know, when you're on the coach. Yeah. It's stressful when you're Yeah, late, we're like it? rushing around. 
Um, like I said before, obviously I tape my fingers. Um, you know, I, I like having a bit of time to sort of relax and get ready. Yeah. Um, so that's probably my only sort of thing that I, that I like. But um, yeah, no, I'm not really that superstitious to be honest. Yeah, I've got a favourite time on a match day. You mm. know, where, uh, straight after your warm up, mm. I go in like 15 minutes before mm. kickoff because that. You know, going in a dressing room for 10 minutes and there's no one else yeah. in there. That's like my favourite time. You yeah. know, like you just you yeah. gather your own thoughts, you think about the game, yeah. like you read over like your penalty stuff and like the opposition set, like the set pieces. Yeah. Like I, f I find that just that environment of just being in the dressing room, just quiet and chilled, getting ready, like changing your full kit and that's yeah. just a nice solace place. Yeah, no, that, that is a good time to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't like sitting there too long because then... Then I sort of get a bit worried, like what's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah, you, you like worrying about time, yeah. though, didn't you? Yeah, no, I think you're gonna miss kickoff. I've actually <laughs> got really bad OCD time-wise. Yeah, um, I get really anxious as well. Does that carry on into your personal life? Yeah, yeah. So you can't be late for anything. No, no. Um, obviously, like you know, footballers always have sort of fine lists and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest fears, like getting fined for being late. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm always at training probably two two hours or an hour and a half before we need to be in. Yeah. Um, not just because of that, because I like getting ready and whatever, yeah. but um, but yeah, no, I have a big fear of that. Yeah, so I always say this to other people, but the goalkeepers are either the calmest person in the building and most calculated, or they're the most like hot-headed. And like there's like two different types of yeah, goalies. Yeah. It's always the, the same way. Yeah. And when you get two that work together, it don't match. It don't, yeah. it don't work. It's, yeah. it's a weird situation. But when you get you all that are quite laid back and you just enjoy training, you all get there early and sit around and yeah. have a coffee and you do your stuff in the gym. And that's it's a nice environment yeah. when you're a goalie. I've never like. really thought about that. But yeah, but now you say it, that, that is pretty, pretty bang on. There is, isn't there? Yeah. Obviously, like we talked about Joe Hart before, but yeah. he's like full of energy yeah, like yeah, yeah. on it the whole time like goes out looks pumped yeah but then you'll get like you like yeah. alex mccarthy they're yeah. like very quiet like very chilled laid yeah. back and like it is what it is yeah isn't it? no yeah no, i never thought that that's that's right to be fair yeah, yeah. but like uh, uh, we've got a lot of young audience uh, right. that listen to the show so yeah. i always say like uh, try and find a goalie to model yourself on who you're like so yeah. like I, I've said it many times on here, but like I used to love Van der Sar. Harry, Harry played his body type. Yeah, I was like, yeah, so yeah. I'll just do what he does. And he's very casual, like laid back, but on it. Yeah. So like, I was like, look, if he's calming, that's what I'm, I'm mm. going to play calming. Yeah. And that's what I always try yeah, to play. Yeah. I never thought about like, I want to kick it well. I just want to play calm. Yeah. I don't want people to feel worried. So like, yeah. you're obviously a, a quite a chilled out person anyway. Yeah, 100%. Do you think much uh, into your training routines or do you just leave all that to your goalie coach? Do you like to have a structure? No, not really. I, yeah, I like I like just sort of going with the flow. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, if there's... Like, he always comes come to you and asks, like, what... Um, what Anything you want to do, like, before the weekend or whatever. Like, and there's, you know, if I want to do a bit of crossing or a yeah. um, little bit of distribution or whatever. But, um, but, yeah, no, I don't really like sort of dictating stuff or anything like that. I, I just like going with the flow really yeah, yeah. yeah do you do you do a lot of work then into the opposition or are you, um, do you leave that to them and they'll approach you if they've got someone that shoots from 30 yards yeah every game? yeah no we always training is always sort of based on the opposition and um we have probably a meeting a couple of days before a game on um sort of analyzing their sort of strengths um of their attackers um and yeah i think you know, just just little bits. It's not like over over information. Like yeah. I think that that can be bad because then you're sort of looking for something that might not come. Yeah. Um, this is where I think there's yeah. really good skill in a really good goalie coach yeah. because they'll do all that work and put it into your training Without session, saying, and yeah. you never know. So yeah. Like you could be playing, I don't know, like the old Stoke that yeah. used to put loads of crosses yeah. in, and like for that week before, mm. you'd just be doing crossing every day, and by the end of the week, you'd be like, oh, I've done crossing, yeah, yeah. but. It's because of who you're yeah. playing against. Or yeah, no, exactly. if you've got a free kick expert, like they'll creep in a way of doing shots from distance mm. and you, you'll get that into your mindset. Yeah. It's like a like a, a knowledge thing that you'll yeah, just pick yeah, it up yeah. straight away. Yeah, no, to be fair, that's that's pretty much how it goes. Like he um when we see stuff on like probably the Friday before the game, um and like you're thinking like, Oh, why have we done loads of like low crosses this week? And like he's obviously there's opposition strengths low crossing. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, it's it's I think 
coaching has maybe changed now. Yeah. I think like obviously um, back in the day it used to be a couple of volleys, um, you know, maybe you know, a few crosses. A dive just, pendulum. Yeah, and everyone just have shots from the edge of the box. But um, but yeah, no, no, like the detail they go into now is is um, you know pretty crazy really. Yeah, uh, and right, and then uh, do, do you do much in the gym? Uh, yeah, to be fair, I think um, like I said before, I didn't really used to um, sort of buy into it that much when I was younger, um, which I which I sort of regret now really. Um, and then sort of I can't remember when it was, maybe when I went to Southampton. Um, I think. Yeah, when I started working with Dave Watson, that's how Hunton, he, he sort of got me into it. Um, and then... Loved you know, it, ever, Yeah, ever since then, I sort of just loved it, really. Um, and now, you know, now I've sort of gone full circle. Now, like, I'm, like, massive on it. Yeah, what do you do in the gym? What's, what's, what is your go-to? What do you find um, benefits you? So, like, I always like to do, like, a big power session on a Friday. Like, day, a Friday? day before a game, no yeah. No way. Yeah, no, so it's not, like... It's not massive, like it's not too hard, but it's it's more like explosive stuff. Yeah. Um, like short reps. Um, you know, quite sometimes heavy, but then more just plyometrics and a lot of dynamic movements. Yeah. Just sort of get feels like it gets me sort of going for, for, for the weekend. Do you do that on a Friday before training? Yeah, before training. Yeah. And so then, then go out and when train. you go into training, obviously a Friday session's mm. never normally that long. Do you Yeah, I always feel class like yeah. really good on a Friday, yeah. That's interesting that. I've never yeah. seen it like that way done. Mm. Normally people do like Thursday's work mm. day. Yeah, no, I think it used to be Thursday. Um and then I feel like I sort of realized that I f- like felt really good after it. Yeah. So then I was like like why not do it on a Friday, like yeah. even closer to the game. Yeah, nice. Because um, you never really feel that sore from it or anything. No, you like don't. That. No, not as a goalie. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. No. Ever since then, I've just sort of, you know, feel like I sort of need at least something before. And it's it's hard now when we go over Scotland, like away games, when you don't really have the facilities to, to do that kind of thing. Like I just have to sort of make stuff up. I'm just sort of doing like squat jumps in yep. the hotel rooms. Some of the hotel like gyms are terrible yeah, as well. So, um, sometimes, sometimes I need a bit of improvisation, but yeah, um, but yeah no, that's probably my yeah biggest do you, thing. Do you travel with much equipment yourself? Are you a big one on a, like away trips that you take your own like clingy bands and stuff um, like that? Or it, if, uh, yes, normally I take. To be fair, I'm, I I like sort of trigger point balls. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm I'm obviously I'm massive and traveling doesn't really agree with my body. Yep. So um, whenever I'm traveling, I always have a trigger point ball. Like even if it's on the coach, I just put it sort of. In, you know, my glutes yeah. or my back. Um, and that helps me quite a lot. So that's probably the only thing that I really sort of use now. Yeah, d- travelling. I don't oh. think people understand how mm. much travelling gets to you. Yeah. Like your lower back, your glutes. Even my, my hip flexors go tight. That's yeah. what I know is like the bottom of my hamstrings because it's just a seated position. Yeah. But like, I've ruptured my right hip flexor a long time ago. Yeah. And like I have to do so much work on that now. Yeah, yeah. no, travelling like doesn't agree with me. But I think now I've sort of learned to how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, that's just an experience yeah you You know your own body as you get older yeah yeah exactly so um so yeah no that's probably the only thing i sort of take when i'm traveling really yeah right uh i've got a couple more just a few final ones but what what's your release away from football i'd say golf but i always when i get into it i always seem to sort of get an injury where i can't play golf so like i always sometimes i've had a you know a few shoulder injuries like when I'm getting into golf and then it sort of puts me back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it can't really be golf to be fair. But now I'm, I, I've got a couple of dogs, so I, I just like getting fresh air. And just getting straight out walking yeah, the dogs. taking the dogs out. Um, yeah, and other than that, I don't really have, have too much, to be honest. Is it, see, I've got a dog as well, but like uh, planning your days around walking a dog, it's mm. so good though on your, your day off. Like Sunday mornings, nothing yeah. better than walking the dogs, isn't yeah. it? But obviously, like your training schedule, we were talking about this before. Yeah, but like, yeah. uh, you now train on a Sunday or sometimes on a Saturday yeah. night, and then you'll have the the Monday off. Yeah. Do you find that that works better for you? Um, sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. It's one of them. Like depends on results. Always, yeah, isn't it? results and like what like your friends or your family are doing on you know that day. But um, yeah, no, I think sometimes sometimes you feel like oh, I'd, I'd love the Sunday off. Like, yeah standard like go for a roast like yeah. just chill out with the family um but then sometimes it's nice on a monday as well because you know kids are at nursery or kid my kids at nursery and um you just have that kind of day to yourself yeah 
do, do what you want really. Uh, so sometimes it works. Sometimes, sometimes that's it's why Wednesdays are class, mate. Yeah. You get to play golf and the kids are at school. Yeah. <laughs> Love having them about, but I get to play golf on yeah, Wednesday. No, yeah, blessing that. Yeah, exactly. That's my release anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, finally, then Angus, uh, what does a goalkeepers' union mean to you? Um, I like this deep question. Yeah, Everyone's no. answer is so different, you know. Yeah, to me, I think it's just kind of loyalty, really. Um, I think just like obviously outside like outfield players they always you know look at us and think you know a bunch of weirdos um but it's just that kind of close-knit group that we just have a laugh with really just you know a couple of mates um having a few shots together i think obviously there's always one that's playing and one that's not and then obviously younger lads but i think it's just you know the camaraderie between each other and um you know sometimes it's hard like obviously but I think just trying to enjoy, just enjoy it with your mates and just have a laugh, really. Yeah, no, super, mate. It, yeah, yeah no, exactly that, mate. Uh, I, I don't think there is like one way you can no. sum it up. Like everyone's take on it. And then yeah. I listen to them all now. I've done like 50 shows and I'm like, I like that bit. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah that, that's what it means to me. And then like, the next person comes in the next week. I'm like, yeah, yeah no, I get that. Like, <laughs> it's just that camaraderie, that yeah. like that balance that you have of like, you understand what they're yeah. going through, whether you're in, even like when you're playing and you know the number two's not like, mm the way that you treat them yeah, and yeah. they treat you, like it's just special, but yeah. like outfielders don't get it because there's like 20 of them, 30 yeah, exactly, of them. Yeah. They don't ever get that like one-on-one -on -one interaction of like no. your rivals, but best friends. Like yeah. they, no one ever knows that feeling. Yeah, 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 it's definitely special. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I love it. No, mate, thank you very much for coming no, on. No it's been an absolute class episode. Thank you very much, Angus Gunn, mate. Nice one, thank, thank you. Thank you. This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Uh, massive shout out to our two sponsors, Mito Red Light and uh, Forge Irish Stout for being part of the pod. Make sure you like and subscribe. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.